Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, babies. The Charity Stripe free throws because they're free. Fisher Disciples, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. Gentlemen, it is almost the end of November, which means college football regular season is kaput. We head to championship weekend. It's going to be an amazing championship Saturday. College football playoffs, there are realistically eight teams that could still make it. Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Washington, Florida State, our Texas Longhorns, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and the Alabama Crimson Tide. That is pretty much the eight-team scenario that we are sitting in right now. Let's maybe start off because I've been in so many. Did you mention the Oregon Ducks? Sorry, I did did mention the Oregon Ducks. They were they were mentioned early. Okay, got it. They were mentioned early. They are they're an early they're an early seed. Uh, I want to talk that. I want to talk Heisman, but this is really the most pressing thing. It's most pressing thing I think I've found in my friend groups right now is the discussion of this. Um, and I want to maybe start off with an easy question. Is there any Ohio state's done, right? Yeah. I think you have to assume that they're done because every team that you listed is in a conference championship and they're not. Yeah. I I think we were texting about it with the Quan Cosby. And I mentioned if Florida state loses in their conference championship, if Texas loses in their conference championship and, uh, I mentioned one other team, right? And if Ohio oh, and if and if Alabama loses, then they maybe have a shot, right? Yeah, Michigan loses too. Of course, if yeah, yeah. That's the one where I think there's no chance of that happening, but obviously they're playing the game, so there is a slight, slight, slim percentage well, chance of it happening. Look, I, at the end of the day, like they're favored by 24 points or whatever against Iowa, but Iowa's played some stiff D all year long. You know, they're over under every single every single game has just gotten lower and lower, 25 points, 23 points. And so, and they're hitting it. So if there's any team that can maybe shock Michigan, it's a team that is playing tremendous defense that really only needs to score, you know, 15 points to, to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. It would be yeah. the most surprising upset in the conference championships. Agreed. In my opinion. It's yeah. 23 point, you know, swing right here. And the odds makers have set the over under at 35, which means they don't really think that uh, they don't think I was going to score a touchdown. Right. If like that's what they've set it at. They don't really think that I was capable of scoring a touchdown on Michigan, which I, my gut check is like, yeah, ride Michigan and then like play the hits. But the devil's advocate on Nick's point, like Iowa is playing stingy D, like it's almost too big of a spread and so disrespectful that the Iowa Hawkeyes would come in and make something happen. Still, if that's the case, I don't think it matters to the Buckeyes because they lost late to Michigan in the game at Michigan without Jim Harbaugh, which I think really helps Michigan's case as a team to get into the college football playoff, um, where I believe Harbaugh could be on the sideline for again because the regular season's not over. So 
I think like you're saying, Tosti, for the Ohio State Buckeyes to go in, it would have to be an Oregon loss, a Bama loss, a Texas loss, and then a Florida State loss. So they all those, they need a lot of help. So they're probably the eighth team. Is Georgia automatically in? I don't know, honestly. Okay. Um, automatically, definitely not, I don't think. But there's a lot of scenarios where they are in. Because I think that if they lose to Bama, then maybe they drop to five. Okay. Right. It just depends on who else is winning. Um, but let's just say Texas loses and let's just say Oregon loses. Then I still think they get in if they lose to Bama. Okay. Yeah, I agree. They're jumping Ohio state right in that scenario and Washington's remaining undefeated. Uh, and so is Michigan. So the, actually I think what's more important is that Florida state has to lose for Georgia uh, to potentially Florida state and, and Texas both have to lose in my opinion for Georgia to get in and Washington yeah. has to, I mean, definitely Texas has to lose because De- Texas beat Bama this year. And if Georgia were to lose, then, you know, you're getting beat by Bama. All right. Right. So this brings me to my next question. Is there a world in which Bama could jump Texas? Not could, not should they, we all know the answer to that. We beat them in Tuscaloosa. I don't care if it was week one, week 10, week 30, doesn't matter. We beat them in Tuscaloosa. Same same disposition. They had a new quarterback. We had lost Bijan. It's early for everybody. We went into their house and beat them. Knowing what we know about the committee, knowing what we know about SEC bias, knowing what we know, with how, how what have you done for me lately is college football specifically, right? In, the, in these situations where they're just doing matter of opinion, really. Right. Right? Is there a world in which Alabama, if they beat Georgia handily, jumps Texas? I mean, if we lose for sure. I mean, that's not if we lose, if we win, if we win. Well, the way that I see it is we can't have a game like we did against Kansas State or TCU or we're winning by three points. It's mm-hmm. got to be an emphatic win. We have to cover. And mm-hmm. I think Texas right now is a 14 point favorite, something like that. And we we have to make this a statement win. It can't be a close game because if Georgia goes in, I mean, they, they played a close game against Auburn last week, but. If they go in and they stomp Georgia, then they for sure get them before us. Mm. And in in this hypothetical, Josh, what you really want to know is if Bama beats Georgia, but Florida State doesn't lose, right? Because yeah, Florida, Florida State. Basically, what I'm saying is, is Florida State wins, Michigan wins, and like one, like let's say it doesn't matter. Whoever the Pac-12 winner is is going to be in. Like I think they've they've made their point known already. So. I guess if no, actually, I apologize. Florida State loses in this scenario. I think that makes it a lot more interesting. Florida State loses. Bama, Michigan, and Washington. I'll say just Washington. I don't. I don't think they're going to be in. But let's just say Michigan and Washington are in. We don't have to worry about them. Yep. Then it becomes us winning, Bama winning. So it's us, Georgia, and Bama for the two of the final three spots. Well, how do you guys think that plays out? If Bama wins, like by ten points. Yeah, I, I don't think what's it's our, a what's lot. Our margin of of winning. We win by 10 points as well. Let's just call it even. Then we're probably in. I think we'll be in in that scenario. I think there will be a long discussion on whether or not Georgia would be in over us, to be honest, because of the SEC bias, because of how they've looked all season, because Alabama looks, in a lot of people's objective opinion, which is always subjective when we're talking about this stuff, They've they've become a different team since we played them in Tuscaloosa. Whether you believe it or not, I mean, we won the football game, so that's what's most important to us, right? Um, but I 
I, I even feel if I'm being honest with myself, that it's a different team and that I don't know what the result would be if we played them again, I'd love to be able to play them again to see what happens. Um, but I think it'd be a real, like, that's where it would get really, really dicey. But I think we have the upper hand for sure over Georgia. And so I would see that, that Alabama and Texas would probably end up in the three, four seed. And at that point they're both in and who cares what they're the rankings are, which teams three and which teams four, because I think the committee at that point wants them to play in the national championship or have the possibility of it being a Texas Alabama national championship. If they don't consider the win that we had in Tuscaloosa in week three, then what's the point of playing those games? If that doesn't carry any weight, then what is the point? I mean, well, at the end of the day, like I completely the, agree with you. Seriously. At the end of the day, it's like, it's on the schedule for a reason, right? And we well, went to Tuscaloosa, and that's doesn't matter how good of a team they are or or how bad of it. It's still a tough place to play. And with all the SEC bias, if they're saying that Bama is the best team in the SEC if they knock off Georgia, then they're then they're saying that we beat the best team in college football well, at let, their place. Let me say two things because I agree with both of you. I completely agree with Nick. Like you could say it however you want. Like we went into their house and we beat them at night in their stadium. And we didn't just like squeak one out. We for sure beat them. And we we kind of like at double the digits. end, we, yeah, we beat them by double digits. We took, we're talking about a 10 point victory being a serious victory over the Georgia Bulldogs of the Alabama Crimson Tide do that. We did that to Alabama in their house with Nick. That should count for something. I'm also with you though, Todd. And sorry to cut you off. No, go. With their starting quarterback right now, you know, like Milrow, yes, he got benched, but he's their guy right now. It's still Milrow. Yeah, but that, Goes back to the point of my agreement with Toss. I think that Milrow, we saw of him losing to us, him getting benched, like you're mentioning, which is, I think, a very fair mention, Nick, and I'm glad you did. I think this is a different Jalen Milrow. I think a more settled Jalen Milrow. I think their offense is more settled. But, we know what they have on the defensive side with Dale, Dallas Turner and Kool-Aid McKinstry. Like they have a, and Chris Brazewell, like they have a really good defensive, defensive, like every unit, honestly, it's Alabama. <laughs> so, I think that I, I just bring it up because there was a lot of arguments that I was in in group text of how I felt it was important that Auburn beat the Alabama Crimson Tide in, in, in that matchup just so we weren't even having this discussion. This is not a talking point. That's what someone said to me. Like, this is just talking points. They're not just talking points. This is a real reality. We know how the we know how the committee is. We know the SEC bias. We're sitting here saying, okay, if Bama beats Georgia, they're the best team in the SEC. How can you dispute that? They won the game. And like we're sitting here saying, yeah, this team does look completely different. We know what these people do and how they've done it. So it's not just a talking point. It's a scary reality for me is why I bring that up. Yes, I think we should be in a, ahead of Bama if we win no matter what. I mean, I, I'll also I'll just my counterpoint to our own Texas Longhorn fan base that says, please, why are people not like, why does this not matter anymore? It's mattered all season since the CFP ranking started. The only reason why we're the number seven team in the country is because we beat Alabama. Like, yeah. And, and that, there's a reason why they're behind us. Like, exactly. Like, so, they, they so have it's, not jumped us at all. So why and, are we saying like, we're, we're pretending like it already doesn't matter. Like it matters. It's it's the only reason why we're where I we honestly, are. I honestly think that in my opinion, them beating Auburn the way they did was the best thing possible for us because they didn't beat them by that much. Right. They, they had to literally fourth and long heave it up and have a, a prayer to win it you know with the last second and to save their season basically and that just still holds that we're the only defeat that they've had mm -hmm. so i think that is in consideration too when it comes to the college football playoff making their decisions 
Yeah, I'd also just throw out like great teams get better throughout the season. They always do. You never look as good week two as you should if you're a great team week 10. So that's why even more so than it, than it ever has been for this Texas team, who in the second half of the season, of all the teams that are in the top eight besides Washington, who's undefeated, so it's kind of hard to knock them because they end up winning games. And so do we, but we've looked we've looked relatively shaky when we played opponents like TCU, like Houston, um, and 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 other other teams as well. But we took care of business at home against Texas Tech. If we go and we take care of business in Dallas against Oklahoma State, that will that will really mean something. And I'm not talking about 10. I'm talking about more than 10. I'm talking about 20, 23 points or 17 where we hold them to less than 10. Like I'm talking about a dominant win showing the committee that we are getting better and better. Then if Florida state doesn't lose, like then we get into the crazy, crazy conversations of like, Oh, they don't want to put him in with a backup quarterback, which I think is ridiculous. And I think as a college football fan, like any school that's undefeated, it's in a power five conference. And I know our conferences are, are getting completely like realigned after this season. Like Should be. Quarterbacks. What? They're still like all four-star quarterbacks, you know, like they're highly recruited quarterbacks. Yeah, oh, and this guy yeah. and this guy's a senior, like in in age, right? He's a redshirt junior. He was a highly touted high school recruit. We also saw what the Buckeyes did uh, the first year of the CFP, and they were able to to win the national championship yeah. with backups and with third string, right? So, uh, we so, so I think school, that, bro, we play football. Yeah, so I think like obviously, <laughs> if anyone's undefeated, I think they should be in. Um, but I do think that if Texas wins handily and, and Florida State like barely ekes it out against Louisville, that there is a chance that Texas still gets in. Yeah. There's a chance that Florida State is in because the committee's job, before you rock, Nick, the committee's job is to put the best four teams, in their opinion, into the college right. football playoff. So if we go, and I think that we took, not only do we take care of business, Nick has, on our other show, Nick's been asking for us to put up 40 points this year. We beat a team by 50. So we, we, we scaled that. Um if we go and take care of business against the Oklahoma state team, which I hearing the way you talk to us, it makes me a, a little confused on why you don't want to play Oklahoma because I think us going and beating Oklahoma and, and avenging that loss, yeah. I think is a bigger, is a bigger mark for us and more helpful for us than going and beating. I know Oklahoma state beat Oklahoma and it's kind of like that weird round yeah. Robin, but I mean, at the same time they lost 45 to three to UCF, you know, and they barely, they had to come back and beat BYU, but, Avenging your loss means a lot more because the only team that beat you, you came around and beat them. Yeah. Yeah. It shows growth in a program. Sure. I just, I have the same kind of logic that Quan does where it's like, we get more chances at Oklahoma and like to, to beat Texas tech as, as we left the big 12 (laughs) is a huge statement, right? To beat A&M the last time we played them before they went to the sec was a huge statement for our program. And I think, knocking off Oklahoma state who we have a rivalry with as well. Like we have a rivalry with everyone in the big 12. Um, I I just feel, I feel more comfortable. Well, one, I feel more comfortable with us dominating them than Oklahoma. I do believe we're the better team between Oklahoma, but I know that when we play that school, anything can happen. Um, and they know us better, right? They've got more tape on us. We've got more tape on them. Sure. It goes in both ways. Um, but we'll, we'll have a chance to, to talk smack to Oklahoma. Like, but it's not I, even about talking smack to Oklahoma. It's about going in and, and avenging the loss and beating them. Because I don't think that I don't think that happens again. I think we saw Jalen Ford's worst game. Dylan Gabriel ran wild. Tavondre Sweat's not letting that happen again. Like, I, I'm thing, just a lot more certain that we're going to dominate Oklahoma State because what they do well is they run the football, and we can stop that. Okay, and, I, and you're right. 
And, yeah, and, and, and us beating them by 24, in my opinion, is more important than us beating, beating Oklahoma by three or seven points. To be honest, that was going to be my next question. Like, what what do you value more? Because Oklahoma, and part of that is because Oklahoma lost to Kansas, and they really shot themselves in the foot. Like, they never should have lost that game. They should have been a top ten team at the end of the season, and here they are. In in you know, our loss to them means less. Their win against us means less because they're not as good of a football team, even though they crushed TCU. Um, but I do believe they're a better football team than Oklahoma state. And I almost texted you guys. I was like, I wouldn't be so sure that if they played Washington, honestly, next week that they wouldn't beat them. And, and hopefully we get to see that, right. If, if Oregon beats Washington and Washington plays Oklahoma in the bowl game, uh, in a big bowl game, like we'd be able to see those two teams matched up against each other. Of course, Penix might not play, which then I, would be a bummer, but I truly believe yeah. that, that us <laughs> and maybe OU yeah, would go undefeated in the PAC 12. I agree. I'll tell you why I agree with you. Uh, again, like a beauty of getting to, I've seen all these teams up close live, except I didn't see Oregon live in the game, but I, I watched the game. It was probably the best team. They, I agree again. They're the way that Washington has played against Washington state against Arizona state. Like they are squeaking things out. I think they wrote a lot of like, and like sometimes games mean different. You're at home against Oregon, and Dan Lanning shot himself in the foot in that game. Oregon should have won that game. They are the better team. And I think, you know, it's going to be, we could kind of jut into the Heisman talk here. Uh, I, I think Texas and OU would go in on the sole fact that our defenses are so much better. And I kind of wanted to throw, like, this is such a bias. Tavondre Sweat's not going to get invited to New York. He's not going to be like a, you know, like a top five Heisman finalist, but he is the number two behind Latu on UCLA. He's the number two graded defender in the whole nation. Mm -hmm. Number two graded defender, not just interior defensive line where he's number one. He's the number two and Latu's number one and by a little bit. He's like the number one graded player in the nation, period. And he's the edge for UCLA. He's got 13 sacks. He's going to be a top 10 pick. He's great. He'll be the first. He likely should be the first defensive player off the board. He might go in the top five, to be honest. He should. Yeah, he should for sure be like like right around where the draft order sits. The commanders who just traded Montez Sweat and Chase Young. I know they need offensive line help because Sam Howell has more sacks than, the, by, than points we beat Texas Tech by through week 12 <laughs> <laughs> against him. But uh, Latu's that good and they need an edge guy. So he could definitely be the first. He should be the first guy taken uh, and, and he should go in that range. All that being said, Texas is the number one third down defense. They're the number one red zone defense. They're a top five rushing defense in every category, statistical category in the rush. If yards per play, yards per game, total yards. And that's because of him. And I think ultimately that level of play that the Texas defense brings and that level of play that I think the Oklahoma defense is bringing under Venables and will continue to bring, I think we would be the best two teams in the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I looked at the schedules for the, all of these teams, and I mean, besides the games that they play against each other, Washington and Oregon, it's it's pretty it's pretty cupcake in my opinion. I mean, Utah is definitely not the team that we thought they were this season. They took a, a giant step back. USC is not the team that we thought. I mean, we know obviously the the issues that they have on defense, and it's just there's no way that they can fix that. Not this year, probably not even next year. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen overnight. So the way that our defense plays and the way that Oklahoma's defense plays, I very confidently think that we would beat every single team in this conference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also like, it's easy to pin two teams up against each other and like us be objective about it without 
But then we have to bring in the fact that like a lot of these games are rivalry games, right? These are teams and coaches that know each other. There's something else that's there. And that's what made that Auburn Alabama game so special. That's what made the the Oklahoma Texas game so special. That's what made Washington Oregon special. It's what made Wazoo Washington a, a hopeful game for us as Texas fans going in needing Washington yeah, to lose. Florida, Florida State. Like, we, we, I, you know, I thought that's that the one have, that's the wrinkle, right? Of being like, okay, Big 12 team is better than Pac 12. I like, thought that we, we would have like one. At least one game that would go our way. We had zero games go our way in the past three weeks. It, the the top eight has not changed in the past. Besides, like Ohio State has not changed in the past three weeks. It's been the same eight teams. We did have one thing go our way though. Jordan Jordan Travis injury because with Jordan Travis, I don't think Louisville has a prayer. I think that the Florida State Seminoles go in and they beat up on the Louisville Cardinals. I know we're complimenting this guy and he's a, and he's a retro junior. And you're not wrong. Like game-wise, yes, nothing's broken our yeah. way. 100%. I'm saying to this point, like in terms of results, nothing has gone our way. Obviously, someone had to lose in the Ohio State-Michigan game, so we know that was already happening. Obviously, we know that someone is going to lose this week in Washington versus Oregon. My question to you guys is who do we want to win the Washington-Oregon game on Friday? What what is better for us? Because if Washington wins, they're automatically in. Yeah, but there's no doubt they're in. They're in. I think we want Oregon to win because they're also one loss team, and there's at least a sliver of chance that if they beat Washington, you know, by a close margin, and we whoop the shit out of Oklahoma State, maybe we jump them. I I think I my personal preference, and again, all of this is like we're getting to where everything is a matter of opinion here. I think that it's better for Texas if Washington wins because Agreed. I think that the committee clearly believes that Oregon is a better football team than Florida state and Washington, that they just lost a game at Washington earlier in the season. And I don't think anything that Oregon's done in the last two weeks has swayed them to believe that Texas is better or that Alabama is better than Oregon. Um, so I think that if just for the sake of it being as clean as possible for Texas getting in Georgia, winning Washington, winning, uh, Michigan winning and then Florida state losing. And there should be no debate that Texas is the fourth team. And the we, go to the, we go to the sugar bowl against the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. I think if the, I, I think Oregon's going to win. So this point is moot to me. I'm that confident they're going to win. I'm, I've been that disappointed by Washington, honestly, since I saw them play. I mean, they're, they're uh, the third biggest favorite coming into this. Yeah. They're undefeated championship. I, I think, I think if they lose a close one to Oregon and they both have one loss, it just like that little sliver of like, we're talking slivers like that one creeps in like, okay, well they split the series, right? The, both games are really close. Like maybe, you know, we bo put both of them in and I'm not saying it should happen or what happened or could happen. I, it, it's just a small sliver, small sliver. Like small you never, sliver. it's like, it's like one of those things that, uh, and again, like, you know, we talk about like Ohio state needing that kind of help. Like if Washington barely loses and we lose Bama loses and, and all that happens, they can get in over Ohio state still. So yeah, my eye test says that Ohio state's a better football team than them, but like I'm one guy. Right. And so there's so many people that are involved in this decision. Their quarterback which, is not it. In my eyes, these programs take a, a slight step back next season when they hit a, a more competitive conference. The only I, I think it's interesting you bring that up because I hate to be biased. I actually don't. We're not a fluky eleven and one. This feels like a legitimate. Like this is the bar. 
I, I texted in our other group text with Quan for our horns up show. I'm like, this is the bar that has been set for this program going forward. I'm curious to see how Michigan replaces JJ, JJ McCarthy will go to the NFL. Both those running backs will go to the NFL. They've been a wagon, but I'm curious to see how that unfolds. Um, Ohio state's Their losing. coach might go to the NFL. Probably yeah. a completely different program. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm, I'm curious to see how like Buka, I'm curious, like Buka, Marvin Harrison, Jr. Henderson, half their defense is going to the NFL for the Ohio state Buckeyes. There's a lot of turnover and their quarterback. Typically they've gotten by on quarterbacks being like a constant, like, okay, you, have Stroud for two years. He's really great. We this have is the worst thing they've had in the last 10 years, not even close, maybe 20. Yeah. 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 He's not good. He's not it. He, he flopped at the end of that game. He had a really good second and third quarter. Was it quarterback 2003. Was it Troy Smith? Troy Smith was 06. Um, they there's, had a, they, there's definitely been guys in there that are at the same level as Kyle McCord, but we don't need to, we don't need to spend a ton of time. On we that. don't need to spend a ton of time with that. I, I do think it's going to be interesting. I think our program, especially if Quinn comes back is really set up nicely to continue that level of success. I think Bama, honestly, if Milrow returns, I think they could continue to ride him. Um, so those are just some of the programs I think, and I'm curious to see what happens with Georgia. They continuously go through this turnover, but you talk about like, you know, teams that have been really good in the second half, um, and on a Heisman talk, but the fifth guy in the Heisman odds is Carson Beck. Like he yeah. has really transformed himself in the second half. He's, and he's, I don't know. He's a top 10 quarterback in football, like college football and college football. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Honest. Yeah. 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 He's been, he's been like, he's been quietly really damn good. Like really, really damn good. I don't think you're getting this. Yeah. Go Nick. Before we get too deep into the Heisman weeds, let's just get our, our, our facts straight. Who do we want to win each game? So obviously Texas, we need them to be Oklahoma state. That's a given. Are we riding Georgia or Bama? Georgia. I personally think I'm riding Bama. Just because if you're saying that they're the SEC champ and they have one loss and their only loss is against Texas Longhorns and we also take care of business, then I think that we get in ahead of them. I think they bump Georgia. Are we rooting? I mean, obviously we're rooting for Iowa over Michigan. That's a given. We're, we're obviously rooting for Louisville over Florida State. And then... You guys said you're rooting for Oregon. I think I'm rooting for Washington. No, I'm rooting for Washington. Too. No, I'm or, sorry, also, sorry. Other way around. Sorry. Yeah. You're I rooting, think for I'm rooting for Oregon. Yeah. I just disagree with you on the Bama point because I don't, if Bama beats Georgia, I don't want, okay, well, they're a second different team. Georgia's back to back national champs is their first loss in God knows how long. Like, let's put both of them in Texas. Great season. You're the five seed. Like, I don't want, the fact that that's even a, a, a conversation and a, and a thought in my mind, I want that expunged. I okay. want Bama out. So in the perfect world, here's how it looks. <laughs> when I'm done. In the perfect world, this is how your situation shakes out. Okay. That Texas is the only one-loss team in because that means right. Georgia wins, Washington wins, Michigan wins, and then we get in. I mean, yeah. if you want to talk my ideal, ideal situation – my ideal situation probably goes to Nick's actually situation of Bama beating Georgia. Iowa has to lose though in your ideal situation, or Iowa has to win in your ideal situation. No, 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 no. no. I mean, I think we're already chalking that up to Michigan getting in, and I want Michigan to be the one seed. If Michigan's the one seed and we're the four seed, Bama <clears throat> jumps us because they beat Georgia, and then it's Washington. So does does it already set that one and four play the Sugar Bowl and two and three play? Pat it's it's all it's a, it, no it's um it's location based. So we would play against Michigan and Pasadena. If Michigan's the one seed, and we're the four, 
and they're closer to Pasadena than they are to the Sugar Bowl, they automatically go to the Rose Bowl, and that's how we get to stay in Los Angeles and don't have to pay for anything but the ticket. Yes, that's well, really ideal. Play against Washington, but yeah, I mean, if it's two three in Washington, they move. They do. They do Michigan Bam at the Sugar Bowl. I don't think they would. I think they would do Michigan Bam at the Rose Bowl. Um, but they, I mean, look again, like the Pac twelve. Like, you know, they could, it could be, you know, Washington versus us. I just want to play at the Rose Bowl is my ideal situation. Yeah, That's like the most important. That's thing. selfishly what we want. So badly. So, so badly. I do not want to go to New Orleans more than once this year. I do not want to pay for anything other than just the ticket. <laughs> like that'd be so. I might not have to pay for it. You might not, I might not even have to pay, <laughs> pay for it. Um, on the Heisman front. If, is it over? Cause it's kind of over for me. I can't, it's not over for you. Uh, it's it's over for me. I don't think it's over for. The it's not over for the, the nation. Votes. That's why we're having. That's why we're I mean, I this think discussion. this. I think this final game really says a lot. You know, if Bo Nix obviously pummels Washington, and Michael Penix doesn't do anything. I mean, obviously, Jane Daniels isn't playing, but by the way around too. If Penix goes off, they're for five hundred yards against Oregon. Like he enters the race again. I think he enters the race again. He'll get invited. I think he'll get invited no matter what. I think he's the third invite. It ultimately, like, has Jaden Daniels not done enough? Here, here's this is what I did, right? Because it's like we talk about these trophies, these awards in every sport all season long, always. They're so important to us. But a lot of times, like, it comes down to a very, very vague description of what the award actually is, right? But like the Heisman Memorial Trophy is awarded annually to the most outstanding player in football, in college football. If you don't believe that Jaden Daniels is more outstanding of a player, like outstanding to me means someone who carries their team, puts their team on their back, oohs and ahs, is makes sexy plays, like puts up ridiculous, redonkulous stats, and that's Jaden Daniels. It's not Bo Nix. Like Bo Nix is winning football games, and thirty-seven it, touchdowns to two picks. Yeah. Yeah, Jane but Daniels he also is to four. It's not like he's that far off. And his average air yards per attempt is like four yards higher than Bo Nix. It's like three yards higher. It's not four yards. That's a that's a I'm I'm exaggerating. But he's a he's a quarterback. Like the guy pushes the ball down the field. The guy doesn't he, he's got they both have excellent weapons. Like Bucky Irving is a stud, one of the best running backs in the nation. Obviously, Malik Neighbors is one of the best wide receivers in the nation. Brian and those Thomas on LSU is also really good. Troy yeah. Franklin and Oregon inversely is also really good. Tons There's of good weapons on pros. both these teams, but Jane Daniels has already surpassed. The only thing he hasn't surpassed from Johnny football's touch, uh, Heisman season is rushing touchdowns, but collectively he has more touchdowns combined through the air and running than Johnny football did. So they're very comparable in my, in my opinion, because I know Johnny won a couple more games than him, but it, it's not like that team. If the college football playoff was existing, then would have gone to the college football semifinals. They wouldn't have. I think it's super similar to me and, and I believe that Jane Daniels is a better football player. Now, most importantly for, for both these guys, they raise their stock for the NFL draft and both these guys will end up likely as top 20 picks, which will be incredible for their future NFL careers. I mean, you're talking about Bo Nix who we were kind of like, Oh, th this guy feels like a Sam Hartman type coming into the season, right? Like we know Oregon's going to be good, but how good can they be? And, and Nick, you're, you're right. Like his touch on interception ratio, his, his completion percentage, he's been, so 79. immaculate with the ball in his hands, <laughs> not turning the ball over. And that's a lot of times what we ask any quarterback to do. And, and of course he's made some huge plays too. So it's like, that, that's what I'm most 
proud of these guys for and like what we should be focusing on. But I, I firmly believe that if, if Nick's like you're saying has an epic game against Washington, that he will win the award. But Jane Daniels is my Heisman for the, for the season. I'm, I'm, I completely agree with that whole segment. I, I, I really think the rushing yards, 1100 rushing yards is ridiculous. Like, and he, and the thing is like the losses to Bama, the losses to Ole Miss, like the, I, maybe the early season loss to Florida State's like the one game that didn't really go their way, but it's all the defense. Like the defense can't stop a nose. Okay. Florida State's number five team in the nation. So yeah, it's not a bad loss. Um, but Bo Nix is touchdown interception ratio, the completion percentage. And you, we know he's going to have a good game against Washington. He's not going to play badly. And it, it goes to show you like, look, Penix Jr. Started his college career at Indiana. Bo Nick started his college career at Auburn. Joe Burrow started his college career at Ohio State. His first year at LSU as a starting quarterback was not good. And then all of a sudden, he goes record-setting. He's He's been a good pro when he's played. Obviously, injuries have derailed a lot of his career. Mm-hmm. But he's been a really good pro when he's played. Like sometimes, Jaden started Arizona State. Jaden, thank you. Jaden started Arizona State. Like he Sometimes you just need a change of pace and a change of scenery, and you need some maturation. And that's what happens with these guys. And I think that can maybe even tailor us to the next segment of the Frank Reich firing, which is our Urban Meyer pace, obviously not as like, and I know we discussed this last week, but not as like bad and as like, you know, no, Urban, he didn't kick anybody like Urban Meyer and, and, and the vibe isn't as bad. And, and Frank Reich's pretty beloved in the NFL, um, but they're one in 10. And you could say they made a mistake taking the wrong quarterback all you want. But by and large, I don't think Bryce Young was ready to start, and I don't think the Panthers organization was ready for Bryce Young to start. Andy Dalton is a top 35, 36 quarterback in the NFL, and Bryce Young should have held the clipboard for a year. He wasn't ready. The Panthers weren't ready for him. The best game the Panthers had on offense was when Andy Dalton started against the Seahawks. Uh, And I, I think that Andy Dalton should have been the guy under center for a long period of time. And you would have heard all the straight, same Stroud stuff, but you would have at least been like, "All right, Bryce Young is learning. The Panthers are getting ready. They're not rushing this thing. They I don't even think. Thing. I don't even think the Panthers are going to be ready after one draft. To be honest, like what we've seen from them, I, I don't know if Bryce. I don't know if the Panthers are going to be ready for Bryce Young next year. Like, okay, to be who's honest. the worst team in the league? The Panthers. Okay, what pick? When's their first pick? In the second round. <laughs> so there's no way they're going to be ready after this draft. Yeah. They gave it all up for this. And that's maybe the, the issue is like they picked the wrong guy, clearly. Like, I don't, I mean, CJ Stroud's touchdown to Tank Dell when he's rolling out of the pocket. And he's, there's a, actually kind of a guy open in the back of the end zone. It looks like he's going to try to make that throw. And he comes back across his body and, and darts it to Tank Dell. And you're like, I can't believe this is this guy's 11th game in the league. You know, CJ Stroud truly is, but the is a better quarterback. But even Will Levis has looked better than Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson in the small sample size, we saw him and the injuries are a whole nother animal has looked better than Bryce Young. Well, they're the rest of their personnel on offense, specifically the offensive lines of each one of those organizations is considerably better than the Panthers. I mean, you look at, you look at what Damian Pierce was able to do running the football last year. That guy's like not he's He's basically because of injury become now their, their second running back, Devin Singletary having a resurgence. Well, look what in, he's in, been doing in Houston. Right. My point being is that they have an offensive line that was built last year right before they brought the quarterback in that we at least felt comfortable about. There was a top 15 offensive line running and protecting the passer. I mean, Davis Mills looked like he he could have been a, a, a guy that we were talking about being like a 20 to 32, like ranked QB. And of course, I think we have a better picture of what he actually is now. It's 
probably going to be a backup for the rest of his career, but, but a guy that can come in and maybe win a game, maybe not, maybe he's a third stringer. Um, but point being is that that offensive line was much more ready than what the Carolina Panthers are, are a lot like giving Bryce young. And then the weapons aren't great either. Like I know Adam Thielen was awesome to start the season, but he's still old and he's still like, he he's trending in the wrong direction. Right. And that's, that's his best wide receiver. And they went and got, they got Mingo. Okay. Like he was that fine. Run game sucks too. I mean, Miles Sanders has been awful, terrible signing, bad signing. Chuba's a, a backup. Mm-hmm. at best or at least a third down back right he's not a, he's not a, a he can't go three three downs for you yeah no no, they're, no in the for, they're in the hole for a long time they're they're mm-hmm. gonna be a bad team for a long time Is i mean tight end hayden hurst yeah yeah and at the end of the day like they had a pretty good thing going and they decided that they wanted to blow it up they wanted to get rid of mccaffrey they wanted to get rid of dj Moore. you know get rid of their 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 picks like i think that they were on a better trajectory with those picks without making that number one selection you know say what you will about mccaffrey maybe that he he was kind of a luxury to have you know but at the end of the day like their trajectory was so much better you know and they're on their second they're about to be on their third head coach in two years and it's pretty abysmal i mean if you if you look at their roster now, would you rather have who they who they currently have, or would you rather have Brian Burns, CMC, and DJ Moore? Because those two guys would be their hundred percent. Those would be their their best McCaffrey, three players. McCaffrey alone probably gets you like another win or two this season in a bad NFC South, not a good division. Dude, we put up a video on our Instagram of the top, and we this is based off the discussion that the three of us had last week of the top five non quarterbacks in the NFL. People weren't like, oh, McCaffrey three. People were like, McCaffrey should be, if anything, he should be higher. I don't know how they would um, rate this, but like if they had war in the NFL, like <laughs> they did in, in Major League Baseball, McCaffrey yeah. would be like all time one of the top war leaders. Just the volume of how he scores, yards that he gets in the air, pass blocking, you know, everything. He does it all. I mean, injury aside, I mean, remember when he first started with the Carolina Panthers? He's playing like 99% of their snaps. Like, that has to count for something. He is leading. He's leading running backs in first downs, and he's second in the NFL in first downs. How many touchdowns does he have total? 11. No, sorry, total? Total, receiving total. and rushing. I'm mean, pump pulling that up for you. He has rushing 11 touchdowns. He has, he's got, he's, only, he's the only guy even close to 1,000 yards. He's got 16 touchdowns total. And we're 11, uh, 11 we're, we're two thirds of the way through the NFL season. So he could hit 20. He's going to hit. 20. He's going to hit. <laughs> he, he might, he might hit, you know, 25 to maybe 30 all, maybe not 30, but 25 all purpose touchdowns. He's going to give Tyreek Hill a run for his money at offensive player of the year, which is saying something. Cause Tyreek, we're talking about Tyreek Hill could go for 2000 yards. We're talking about Tyreek Hill potentially being an MVP. Yeah. I, the Carolina it's, I mean, dudes, we look, we're not GMs, but we've talked about this time and time again. You win through the draft, trading a bevy of picks and players to move up in the draft. I don't, I just don't know when that's really worked, other than maybe the Goff scenario. It didn't work for Carson Wentz. That ended up not working out. I mean, I know injuries and whatnot didn't work for RG3 because of injuries. Like we've seen it time and time again. I'm just not entirely sure we're giving up so many picks and players when you're a bad team has worked. 
I it's just become too it it's too risky because you never know what can happen to one guy, right? Like I'm even thinking a lot more about this upcoming draft. And and obviously I think a lot of the mocks have Caleb one and Drake, Drake made two. And it's like, I don't know. That's really risky. Like what if neither of those guys are who we think they're supposed to be? Like we've seen guys be great in college and it not translate to the pros. So yeah. why couldn't think, that happen to you, them? Like it's all, you gotta take that. You gotta take that chance though. I mean, at that point, and I mean, it's, it's different when you're like trading away a boatload of picks to go get number one and get a guy who like people were like every year for the most part, we've, we've known who number one is like, there's a lock for who's yeah. going to be number one. It's going to be the defensive end. It's going to be the alignment. It's going to be this quarterback. But this year it was like, Oh, is it going to be Bryce? Is it going to be CJ? So, so why trading <laughs> a bunch of picks when you don't even know if the team that was going to pick number one is going to take Bryce. Honestly, like what, it's completely different situation that the bears are in. Right. Cause now the bears have two, maybe top three picks in football. You know, they yeah. can foreseeably do whatever they want. And you're sitting here probably in, the, in like the same place, you know, record wise, like position wise, they're probably a step above Carolina, but they have two first round picks in the top three, you know, like you are, you are putting yourself that much lower than a team that is two wins better than you. Like they like it is a very bad discrepancy of of how different that those two organizations are when they're both supposed to be in rebuild mode. If you're in rebuild mode, why are you trading away picks? Yeah, I I couldn't agree I, more. I couldn't agree. I couldn't more. agree more, and that's why I think that like if I'm the Bears and I'm the Cardinals, right? Who the Bears have the Panthers pick? I'm looking and being like, if I'm the Bears, I'm like, I have Justin Fields. Like, I'm not saying that they shouldn't take Caleb Williams because they. They have two picks, right? So that's that's where they can get creative with it. And, and Fields obviously would be a, a heavy trade candidate to a different team if he were put on the market and you could see what you could get for him too. But if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you have Kyler Murray and you paid him and you're for sure keeping him. And now if you're at the two spot, you're picking ahead of the Patriots or we'll see how that ends up because I think that's that's one thing that's getting really, really interesting, right? Is the like... Oh, the parallels. Pop gets Victor <laughs> Wembanyama. Can Bill get Caleb Williams? Like, what's going on? Like, the Arizona Cardinals might just be able to get Marvin Harrison Jr. and call it a day, which, like, I feel awesome about that if I'm them. I feel really great. Or the Bears do that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the, Bears what just, I'm saying. the Bears are in a world where they can get Brock Bowers and Marvin Harrison Jr. And they have, uh, what was that guy we were talking about that used to play for the Carolina Panthers? Oh, DJ Moore. Moore. Right. Yeah, he was excellent. Too. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Carolina Panthers have screwed this every way to Sunday. They they are clearly the worst team in the NFL. It's not it's I mean, like So so back to the Reich thing cuz I know like Nick, you and I have been we've been defenders of him. Like we we thought it was a good move at the time. I Josh, I think you were on board with us, maybe a little less vocal about it. I was like it, fine about it. Like Yeah, what do, do we think I don't even really think this matters cuz like they have so many things to address. Like I, they need a good head coach in there. It probably should have been Wilkes to begin with. Honestly, just for continuity's sake, just keeping him around last year. But oh, well, what direction do they go? Like, how do they how do they fix this? Well, going back to what Nick said, every not every year, maybe, but a lot of years, a lot of years, we knew who the number one guy was. And if you are going to go up and make a move like that, there have there better be a number one guy. And I think honestly, for all we know, the one number one guy could have been Jalen Carter. He well, that's the thing. Like it wasn't even; it didn't even have to be. And you know what? That would have been a better pick than Bryce Young. 
had they made that move to go up and get Jalen Carter, who's going to be the defensive rookie of the year, that would have been a better move than Bryce Young. I would have, we'd be sitting here being, all right, they don't have a quarterback, they don't have a pick next year, but man, they have the best defensive lineman arguably in football for the next decade. Will Anderson Jr. would have been a better pick than Bryce Young. Like that, and, but that goes to show you, going back to it, where this Panthers organization was at, that a non quarterback would have been a better pick for them. And yet they still went up there and they made that selection. So I thought that was pretty disappointing for me, honestly. Yeah, but they're obviously not going to give up on Bryce Young. And we hopefully, in not only their minds, but also our eyes as, as football fans and viewers, like we've seen the worst on him. We've seen Bryce Young play his worst football, right? Like we don't want him to suck. We want him to be good. Everybody wants him to be good, especially them. Like, so how do you fix it now? Well, you're sitting there. Yeah, you're in a position where you need picks. And you need to restart and you got to get, and you got to move fast. You took an icky, icky Aquanu, So you're hopefully at least you have one guy on the offensive line. Like, all right, we can build, we can start building around this guy. Your next pick is going to be the 33rd pick. You need wide receivers. Xavier Leggett on South Carolina is a Carolina kid. You can maybe take him in the second round early. He's a really good wide receiver. I think he was on a bad game Cox team that didn't get a lot of national. Love. There's another Xavier as well. Xavier worthy. I'm just, I didn't mention him because I don't want him to go there. <laughs> I would like prefer for him not to go there. You're in a position where you probably have to, you have to move Brian Burns. You probably have to franchise tag him. I think he's a free agent. You need to probably tag Burns, trade him. You can't, he's not in the timeline anymore. Is there um, anyone they can even trade on their team right now that's worth a first? Brian Burns. Is he worth a first? Yeah, he's a stud. He's an animal. He's a beast. Yeah, I mean, if I'm, if I'm them, I'm doing that. Oh my God. You have to. He's 25 years old. He's got six sacks this year, which isn't spectacular, but last year he had 12 and a half. Like, and keep in mind, he's the he's really like the only guy on their defensive front. So he's getting a boatload of attention. Yeah. He, he he's a monster. I, I'm a little worried for Bryce Young that we're hitting a bust era for him because of the fact that we say it all the time, right? You get drafted by the wrong organization, it screws up your entire career. And I'm not saying that you know Josh Rosen would have been a better quarterback if he didn't get taken by Arizona, right? Or you know if Baker you know wasn't taken by the Browns, it things would be different. I mean, look, Baker's still starting in the NFL. Like I, I, I wouldn't call him a bust. You know, I mean, yeah, he's not worthy of number one overall, but we might be sitting here and Bryce Young, you know, might be bottom of the barrel quarterback for the next four or five years because this team is so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think Baker. I, could, I, could, I think Baker Mayfield's still a starting quarterback next year. Maybe not for the Bucks. They could be taking Jaden Daniels or Bo Nix in the top ten if both one of these guys continues to show out. But yeah, I, I'm with you. But I, like, but I can tell you that Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield would have looked much better in the first five years of their career if they were in Pittsburgh or if they were in Dallas. Oh no doubt. They, I mean, if they were in another team that was competitive and put the right pieces around their quarterback to make to help them succeed. Why are we cutting Kenny Pickett so much slack? Because he's on the Steelers and like they're they're winning ball games. It's not the sexiest of games, of course. I mean, it's not like he's dazzling anyone with hit with his talent, but it's the Steelers. It's a Mike Tomlin coach Steelers team that for some reason doesn't know how to go under 500 in a season. So that makes Kenny Pickett look that much better. If Bryce Young is a Pittsburgh Steeler, then it's a completely different discussion. Like I actually on the quick note of that, uh, here's what I will say. Like I feel bad for Frank Reich. And it's a terrible situation for a lot of people involved. They took the wrong kid, and Bryce Young wasn't ready to start. 
at least they made a decision. The thing is, the Steelers are seven and four. The the Steelers are seven and four and are in position to go to the playoffs. What did they do last week? They fired their offensive coordinator. That's good. how you run an organ. Is it good? They needed, they needed to. And guess what? They don't sit on their hands. I know we're, we're kind of near in the end, but we've talked about this time and time again. I don't even think we need to open up this wound. Go to a team like your team, Nick, where you don't make a decision. Go to a team like around the NFL where your organization isn't good and you don't make a decision and you just sit on your hands. The Steelers are like, and look, everyone's, you know, you know, jerking them off or going over 400 yards for the first time since 2020, which is crazy as an offense. Uh, but the, the offense looked better this week. They okay, traded, they got, they, they, they cut the, back Canada. The, the saying oldest time, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's another saying, if it's broke, fix it, fix it fast. And the Steelers and, and Mike Tomlin. They, they do it like that. Chargers are in the situation where like, <laughs> is it broke? Maybe we should just put some tape on it. I don't know. Maybe we should glue it. I, he actually had a good game. He actually, the defense played well yesterday. I will say that, you know what though? And it's I like want to fine. See. I mean, like at the, it, it's not much, it's not like they had a, a ton of, you know, grow. I mean, th- they were so bad all season. Like that's what you're going off of. But then the day, like if one thing's not working, the other thing's not working, you know, like it's yeah. just not all coming together at the same time. Staler needs to be gone. Yeah. It's without a question. He needs to be gone. This team does not play for him. You can't tell me that Mike Tomlin's players, you know, are better than the Chargers players. It's just a, a matter of them wanting to play for this coach and this organization. This organization's abysmal. I really think this is my last straw as a fan. <laughs> oh my God. It's so sad. I do want to say this though, from what I saw last night, Ravens Chargers, I really think this, and then we'll rock out. Had the Ravens not blown that game against the Browns, I think we'd be talking about them as the best team in the league. I mean, they're defense, not three. They're the best team in the AFC right now. That defense is ridiculous. That defense is ridiculous. All right, Fisher DeSopolis, DJ Nikki Snacks Critter. Thanks for joining us for, for some good college football. Talking a little NFL. We'll see you guys next time. Hit your free throws. But I guess since it's only football, drag both feet in bounds. Fisher DeSopolis, Snacks Critter. We out you. We love you. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.